Welcome into Defeating the Curse two-man show today. Myself, this is Joe and LP. LP, we missed you yesterday, my man. What, what were you up to? Hey, hey, Joe. You know, your boy LP was crushing on the soccer field yesterday. Had one goal, one assist. We still got crushed like 12 to 2. 12? But, you know, what, is this it's all about ball? personal is, statistics here. Personal is this, statistics. Is this an actual soccer match here? How do you how do you get 12 goals in a soccer match? You guys playing is in wheelchairs? Indoor, indoor. Ah, I see, I see. Okay. Indoor soccer with a bunch of out-of-shape people uh, where we, we get winded after 10 seconds, but I digress. What, what position do you play? I play all over, man. I'm, all I'm all over? Is that an official position a, on the soccer field? I'm on field? a one-stop shop. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Well, can we talk about this uh, mega trade from a few days ago? It's kind of... Uh, we've been talking back and forth on... What on text and WhatsApp and and all the other stuff that offline you know chatter that we uh, we typically have here. We've been talking about this for a while from a Wizards perspective, but can we can we get into the nuts and bolts of Cleveland selling, uh, not selling but trading Kyrie basically for uh, well the Celtics gave away the farm in my opinion. But are, are you up to speed on this? Are you up to speed on the this trade? I've been thinking about this trade for forty eight hours straight, and I still <laughs> can't wrap my head around. What the heck just happened? I mean, one, the NBA has got to be the weirdest league it's ever, It's so right? good. It's so, so good. Steve doesn't get it, man. It's so good. Steve is missing out. But I, I, I've been thinking about it 48 hours, and I'm trying to understand what happened and how this how this helps the Wizards. And I've, I've been thinking really hard, and the first thing I can think about is, wow, Danny Ainge really didn't want to pay Isaiah Thomas. He yeah. really didn't want to pay him. I, I'm with I you mean, on Isaiah that. I mean, Isaiah has not been paid. He didn't want to pay him next year. Yeah, and in that in that regard, I mean, that maybe that's a silver lining here. Well, just give me your opinion here. Did who got the better end of this deal, the Cavs or the or the the Celtics? I think the Wizards did. I'm, I know, I know, I know. And I we'll, think the we'll, Wizards. We'll, did. we'll talk about the Homer side of it here, but just based on the pieces that got traded, I mean, who do you give kind of the the edge to, or is it even an edge? I mean, I I, I personally feel that one team got overwhelmingly. Uh, better, but uh, oh, better for the long run. I'm going to say Cleveland because they got the pick. They're preparing for LeBron's exit. They got um, you know Isaiah Thomas. Who knows if they're going to pay him next year if he even wants to be there? I, I think I would have to say Cleveland. Um, I don't think this Boston team is a completely different team than last year. They yeah, have, what, it's nuts. Two returning players. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's insane. The Celtics have now traded five of their top seven scorers from last year, and the top three defenders on the team are gone. That is amazing. I mean, if they somehow manage to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals with a completely different roster, that that would really speak to the strength of their coaching in their front office. But on paper, Cleveland completely destroyed Boston in this trade, and this is one of those things that you just don't see. The, the elite teams in a conference trading with each other. So uh, personally, I think Kobe Altman deserves a ton of credit. This guy is basically our age, but he's running the Cleveland... Uh, well, I mean, LeBron's running the Cavaliers, but he's basically... I mean, he's he made it happen here, and the first move in the Altman legacy here is acquiring a ton of talent. And personally, for me, the reason I give Cleveland the edge, IT may or may not walk at the end of this season. No one should pay that guy $30 million no matter what. That's my opinion. Um, and it's, you know, I, I'm going to get annoyed just talking about him longer than I have to, but he doesn't play defense. He's a one trick pony. I'm not interested. Well, and frankly, neither does Kyrie. Well, you're right. But I mean, you essentially traded for the same player in my opinion, the, but the, you, you got, you got Jay Crowder who can actually play defense. Crowder is the Crowder to me is the cornerstone of this trade that, that puts it heavily into Cleveland's favor because yeah. 
This guy is a strong, strong 3 and D. I mean, he he is what we hope Otto Porter kind of becomes. Def- I mean, defensively, this guy's a stud. He's not gonna he's not gonna take away any shine or whatever from LeBron or whatever the kids say these days. Like this guy can just flat out play. He's the best player. I mean, obviously that's not Kyrie, but he gives Cleveland like for me this is a win win for Cleveland. Kyrie didn't want to be there, so you were gonna have to move him, and it's just the state of the NBA. LeBron may or may not leave. But now you're in a position where if he does, you have a top five pick because the Nets are going to stink again. And at, at minimum, you're going to keep Crowder um, and probably not pay IT. I think you let him walk anyway. Um, the the, the here, Go ahead. Here's the issue that I see with Cleveland. They now have LeBron James and Isaiah Thomas who are both playing on essentially one-year deals. You have Derrick Rose who was kind of brought in to maybe be the starter at point guard, especially seeing that you know Kyrie was on his way out. So how is this this dynamic going to work? Um, I'm sure Derrick Rose was jumping up and down, finally got his chance to play at a starting role on a good team, and then now all of a sudden he's back to, to being a backup. Well, beggars, have- beggars really can't be choosers, right? I mean, he de- he's not deserving of a, of a starting role on any team right now, is he? Uh, I maybe, mean, he, maybe at the he, bottom of the conference, not at the top of the conference. I mean, there's no way he was going... Look, he was going to Cleveland... Before the Kyrie stuff, right? So he was already signing up to be a backup, and they got that. Uh, who's that super annoying? Uh, Jose Calderon. Yeah. So they already they're already deep at, at at that position, even though they're not really good. Um, so I agree with you. The IT move it, it's a it's a same for same type of trade. He's a f- shoot first point guard, but he, he's going to run the offense. He's going to keep his his mouth shut in in large part. To me, Crowder is the piece here because this guy playing opposite LeBron and basically on or opposite also Kevin Love. This guy's gonna have a phenomenal like fantasy alert here. Like that, this guy is gonna have a monster season, and um, to me, that's that's what makes this a good deal for Cleveland. Um, you know, if we're gonna talk about it from the context of the league, you know, did either team get good enough to surpass Golden State? No, I, I think they they if anything, both teams kind of became more equivalent to each other. Cleveland had obviously the upper hand last year. I think Boston um, now with Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's a better player than, than IT. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's obviously why Cleveland gave up more or Cleveland got more. But I, I think at the end of the day, just one, in my opinion, probably two and three in the Eastern Conference got a little, a little bit closer. Yeah. I think the Wizards are going to take one. I think two and three are going to be really close. I love close. it. I love it. I was just about to ask. I mean, because I, I, know, I know that's how you feel, but... This trade, you think this puts this allows the Wizards to leapfrog both teams, and it's you're basing that based on. I mean, that's basically because the dysfunction that comes with new parts and learning to play together is that more or less what you're kind of alluding to. The dysfunction and then the team chemistry that the Wizards are building, right? So I don't. I know this is not a Wizards podcast, but I, I can't go with ten minutes without talking Wizards. Marching Gortat at the end of the season essentially said, "I'm not sure I want to be here, and I'm not sure if this is a place for me." Yesterday in his podcast with uh, was it Chris CSN's Chris Miller, basically said we have something that we're building that's special here, and he's he's essentially saying we have a short window, and if I'm not on my game, if I'm not if I'm gonna you know not go to this voluntary OTA stuff that John Wall's putting together, that our window is closing. So he's essentially putting it all on the line. Does he have a choice though? Come on, years. does he does he really want to go play for the for the Bucks? Or the yeah, Pistons. why wouldn't he just do the do the Kyrie thing and say I don't want to play here? 
well, was because he, because he probably doesn't end up in the Eastern Conference at, on a top four team. He probably ends up on some nubby team out west. Right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in Cleveland. If that was that, that well, would that's I mean, more of a reason than they, that he just needs to for Wizards for our sake. They they can't let that happen. They can't let that happen. I, you know, yeah. I want to look at the Boston perspective here for a second because these guys, Danny Ainge, at the beginning of this offseason, refused to trade any of his valuable assets to acquire Paul George or Jimmy Butler, right? And everybody was like, okay, they're going to kind of stay put. They're just going to add Hayward and they're going to do X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. They add Hayward and it's effectively a month later or two months later, they acquire Kyrie. They give away all that young talent. So they, they traded uh, your boy Bradley to the Pistons. That was their primary number one defender. Jay Crowder gave everyone on the Wizards a hard time when he was on the, on the court uh, defensively, especially in a series where you know you see the same guys over and over. He's gone. Um, uh, Kelly Olynyk. I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, of, of, uh, of uh, Psycho K or whatever his stupid nickname was, but he's gone. He's in Miami. Miami's going to win 40 games and maybe finish eighth. Nobody cares about them. Uh, Amir Johnson, gone. I, I, like... Um, Actually, no, Five Amir Johnson, Amir Johnson came back. Yeah, so Five of the top seven are gone. Yeah, and that's that's amazing to me. Like, what is Danny Ainge doing? This is another one of those, like, scratch-your-head moments where he seemed like a genius because he, he put together this roster on the fly that won the Eastern Conference last year, and then he promptly blows the whole thing up. And, I mean, they're not as good as they were last year. Kyrie is better than IT, but all the pieces around him now, like once you get past their 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 starting four, which is a good four, Kyrie, Hayward, uh, Horford, and Tatum, I think Tatum is going to be rookie of the year. There's not a whole lot of depth left on this team, which is where they really shined, in my opinion, last year. So I'm with you. I think the Wizards are the big winners here. Cleveland reloaded to some extent. Kyrie and, and IT, I think, are kind of a wash. It, it's, uh, you know... As somebody who doesn't really care about Cleveland sports, you know, Kyrie was the savior when LeBron left. He re-upped there, and then LeBron comes back, and they kind of had this nucleus of a, of a super team. So it's kind of a shame that he's the one that leaves now, but the writing's on the wall. I think LeBron's as good as gone, and, it, it, you know, it, as a franchise, you have to prepare for the worst, and I think that's what they're doing. So to me, I mean, it's just crazy because trades like this just don't happen, except this is the modern NBA where crazies redefined seemingly every 15 minutes. So let me ask you this from the Boston perspective: Who's the number one? Is it Kyrie? Is it Gordon Hayward? Oh, it's got to. I mean, it. Yeah, that's that's tough. I think it's Kyrie. I think Kyrie is the better all-around player. To be honest, I love Hayward. I love Hayward, but Kyrie has shown in spurts that he can. He can obviously he can he can he can get his own shot offensively, and he has moments where he can lock down defensively as well. But to me. You know that that's tough. I think Stevens. I think Brad Stevens has his hands full trying to come up with an offense where there's you know enough deference. Because frankly, Kyrie didn't want to be in Cleveland because he wanted the ball at the time. He wanted to be the hero, and he now he's joining. One. And 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 that's fine. And I understand it. But like here we are now. Does he get to be the hero? And if he does, then Hayward's value is significantly diminished because you know we're a big fan of the white boy, but he's not gonna have his the ball like he's not gonna have the ball in his hand enough to create his own if Kyrie's just gonna hog it and and put up threes every 10 seconds but but that's what Gordon Hayward does I mean he's not the traditional two guard so it's gonna be interesting to see how the dynamic works I think Hayward plays more of a three doesn't he I mean yeah but but okay he's not the outer porter three he's the I'm bringing up the ball I'm taking it to the hoop I'm the the LeBron James three the the James Harden three yeah yeah or two sorry exactly 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think the Celtics on paper improved. Uh, no, sorry, the Cleveland definitely improved. I think some people within the diehard Super Boston fan base are going to say we got better. But I think when when it's playoff time, and you've made this point so many times, when it's time for the playoffs and the benches get shorter. Boston just doesn't have the bodies that they had to throw at the Wizards last year. And frankly, the Wizards should have beat them anyway. So I'm with you. I think the Wizards improved by default here. Um, I, I don't know how they can cover Wall, Beal, and Porter at the same time for extended stretches. Um, I mean, Morris had his way with whoever they threw against him on the second unit. So And Olenek being gone is actually a big plus. So I'm with you, man. I think the Wizards quietly got, a be- got better by default. The Raptors, too. I mean... Uh, that's a team I, we don't like to talk about the the enemy to the north, but they are uh, they're basically intact also from last year. So if uh, if all things are equal, we know Cleveland doesn't care about winning the East because that's the mentality LeBron has kind of instilled now. Like we'd we'd rather party in Miami than actually win the East because we don't need to, you know. So the question is, if LeBron decides to take half the season off, is Cleveland good enough to still sneak into the playoffs? And the answer is yes. I think. You know, IT wants to get paid. You're going to get him. It's, you know, you're going to get him on essentially a franchise year here where he's trying to get paid. Cleveland's not stupid enough to pay him, but this is kind of a perfect storm. And, and frankly, Jay Crowder was the piece that they were missing last year against Golden State. And he gives them another body to throw against Kevin, uh, at Kevin, Kevin Durant, assuming they get there. I mean, I really love Crowder. I really, really, and I, I love him in this specific offense. So, um, so you think this puts Cleveland up to par with Golden State? I think they're improved over last year simply because of the amount of they just got more stuff. Like like you said, it is a defensive liability, and frankly, Kyrie has moments of the same, right? So if you're going to say that they're a wash, or maybe maybe uh, it is a half step worse or a full step worse than Kyrie, Jay Crowder is like 15 steps better than J.R. Smith or the dude with the flat top. I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um, Iman Shumpert or any of these other Bobos on on the Cleveland roster, he's miles better than any three they have. So yeah, Cleveland got better, and I mean at a position where they need to get better, which is the three, where they had no consistency at all last year. So I think Cleveland got better at least for one year until LeBron decides to go west. Um, and Boston, I think they're going to be. I think it's going to be a rude awakening for them. Frankly, do you disagree with me? I said I think I think they're more even. Um, Cleveland probably is going to have the upper hand. There's just, I mean, Boston's a completely new team. I mean, pretty much the whole team is new. I mean, who do you have left over? There's, there's nothing. So they got, it's going to take them a couple weeks to figure it out. Um, they're probably going to start slow. So we'll see. But in the East, I mean, really it's, it's three or four teams. So both these teams can take half the season off and still make the playoffs in the top Top yeah, four seeds. Yeah, I mean, we you're a hundred percent right. I just hope I hope the Wizards don't take that mentality because that two and nine start last year was brutal on the fan base. Um, but I still think the Wizards have an issue with the bench, and I think it's going to come down to Ernie making those um, trade deadline deals again. But how much faith you got in your I, boy uh, right now? In my boy Ernie? Yeah. Ooh, not very much. About as much as Bruce Allen, right? He's the worst, man. He, he's the worst. I, uh, I don't Bruce is worse. Him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Ernie's pretty bad too. Well, let's. Ernie, uh, Ernie just never goes away. Do you, somehow he's he, he's been here for way too long. Are, are do you see any team, not the Cavaliers, Celtics, or Wizards, winning the Eastern Conference, like getting to the finals next year? Any team other than those three? Yeah, like are you big on the Raptors, Hawks? 
no. Heat. Yeah, me neither. Absolutely not. There's no chance. Who okay. would be the next best? The Raptors? Yeah, and, they still... and they're largely intact from the, where they were last year. This is probably last year for DeRozan. I think he's going to move on after this year, so... They got they got their final shot, but they're not better than the Wizards right now. I think the Wizards are better on paper right now than the uh, the Celtics are, and I think they're they're pretty close to the Cavaliers. I mean, the Cavaliers still have LeBron James, and as long as you got you know him, you're you're going to be the best, and it doesn't matter what team he's on. That's just unfortunate reality. But uh, the Wizards have the pieces to get past them, I think, in a series. And um, I, now in hindsight, Otto Porter getting signed and extended was great. I mean, I mean this was this was the right move, and uh, the two teams ahead of them seem to be just shuffling uh, shuffling pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And um, you know, earlier today I told you we were going to do this show, and I was reaching out and I wanted to find a Cleveland super fan somewhere, and I found one, a good friend that's been uh, in DC in the DC area now for for a long, long time. But she is a complete. Cleveland sports nut, and that's kind of the worst kind of uh, sports fanatics. But after the break, um, let's bring her in and get her perspective as a Cleveland native that's um, in exile here in Washington, D.C., on all things uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, bear with us here. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome back in. Second segment here of DTC talking about Kyrie getting traded to the Celtics. LP, do you have any questions for uh, for our guest here before we introduce her? Or just think of a couple because we're going to try to stump her, at least get her to admit that Cleveland is a trash city with trash sports. Although it's, I think it's going to be hard given that their their recent championship runs. But uh, uh, Monica, thanks for coming on. Um, how long have you lived in D.C.? Thanks for having me, guys. I've been in D.C. for about eight years now. And why are you still a Cleveland sports fan? Cleveland the land. sports are in my blood. You can't, you really can't deny Cleveland sports and you can't deny our championships. So I know you all are Wizards fans, but regardless of what happened with the trade, just know that we're still going to be first in the Eastern Conference. We're still going to go to the finals. You weren't first last year. We, we gave up first. You're right, technically, but we kind of, you know, we just wanted to take a breather last year. I love when people tell me I'm right. It happens a lot, actually. But so uh. what? what is your perspective as a Cavaliers fan when you uh, let, let's go back in time here two months ago or whatever, six weeks ago when Kyrie, it wasn't that long ago when Kyrie basically says, hey, get me out of here. I'm done being uh, Robin to LeBron's Batman. What was your initial thought? Was it, you know, how can he do this to us or was it? Yeah, we don't need him anyway. No, I mean, I think, you know, I think that was really brought on by Griffin leaving. I mean, I think Kyrie's kind of sick of having a different GM, a different coach every year. And I think he's still growing and he's not he's not really comfortable with all the, the switching off. Um, I, you know, it, it's devastating, to be honest, as a Cleveland fan. I know that everybody else sees it as Cleveland got away with basically robbing the Celtics because we were in a really bad situation where all the other teams had, you know, made their picks and we had a player who basically wanted out and really it was a tough situation. Wait, so you're telling um, me that people in Cleveland were okay with Kyrie demanding a trade? They were okay with it? Just business no, as usual? We, no, we weren't okay with it, but you know, I can I can sympathize with him because it's like 
his whole career has been on a team with LeBron centered. And when he yeah, but it was his LeBron, team first. Yeah, it was kind right? of yeah. It was his team first. I mean, he brought them well, to what, 10 wins the first season he was there? 9 wins. So. Yeah, but he didn't have any players, so it could be his team. But no, not that's not true. Players. He had all of LeBron's leftover players. He had Antoine Jameson. He had Shaquille O'Neal. He had uh, whoever else LeBron signed before he left for Miami. It just—it's it's fascinating. I have a question that people aren't more like. I guess maybe maybe he gets a pass, but anyway, LP, you go ahead. So when LeBron left the first time, everyone burned his jersey. This time, Kyrie leaves, and I see on Twitter. Um, someone has a LeBron jersey, or sorry, the Kyrie jersey, and he says, okay, fans, you know what to do. And then he puts a sign on it that says, thank you so much. And then LeBron James retweets it and says, what a class actor, whatever it is. Is LeBron setting you guys up for his departure next year too? I mean, I think for sure LeBron is is setting up a lot of things to be flexible and leaving, and I think that's part of the problem. Like for a Cleveland fan, we had 25-year-old Kyrie not even at his potential yet. Fearless, able to take the last shot, great handles, great everything. No receding hairline. <laughs> That's right. And he walks out the door, and we're left with LeBron, who we know is going to leave us next year. This so, is this yeah, is what drives me completely nuts. And LP and I talked about this. Why wouldn't you trade LeBron? Why wouldn't you tell LeBron to take a hike and keep the young stud point guard and build around him? You still got Kevin Love. You still got Tristan Thompson and the Kardashian clan. I'm not big on Tristan, but <laughs> why wouldn't you just force LeBron out and keep the younger guy? Because now you're going to basically be stuck with Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, who I love, and a bunch of other places. I mean, was there ever a chance? I mean, you follow the Cleveland sports more than I do. Is there ever a chance that they would try to get him to agree to get traded out New York or L.A. or somewhere else? Who, who's going to do that, Joe? He runs the team. He's the GM. Oh, come on. The Knicks, the, Knicks, the Knicks would have taken him for sure. Are you kidding me? He's not going to trade himself. He's the GM. Who's gonna, he's going to call the call Phil Jackson and say, hey, I want to trade myself? The bottom line the team. is you guys have to remember when LeBron was sitting last year, I think we were 0-7. So as much as, you know, everybody loves Kyrie and everybody knows Kyrie's Probably the best point guard in the lead in, league, in my opinion. Oh, he come on. Believe, I believe oh. he is. I fully believe he's he is. He's not better than Steph. He's not better than John Wall. He's he might not, be better than Steph. Playing. He's not better than he's Wall. He's not better than Steph. No way. Steph he's doesn't play defense. Better than he's better than Steph. Kyrie doesn't play defense. Kyrie chooses not to play defense, and I think eventually <laughs> he'll Isn't be that even worse? You know, that's such a good point because Steph can't play defense. Kyrie chooses like Kyrie's just lazy, and and that's because maybe maybe subconsciously he just knows LeBron's going to keep us in the game or we're built to win. I mean the the mental collapse of this team down the stretch last year I think was was so so interesting. But um, but Kyrie's gone now, so it's it's kind of so there's no panic apparently, right, Monica? There's no no panic in Cleveland. Everyone's happy with uh, with five foot nothing Isaiah Thomas coming with his uh, with his missing teeth and his uh, you know his swagger. No, I think, I mean, honestly, I think we were preparing for so much worse. I don't want to say there's no panic. I think it's devastating to lose Kyrie, but we were preparing to get basically nothing in return or to have a really awkward team for a while until they figured out what to do with Oh, Kyrie. I believe so. the awkwardness is coming next year. I think it's going to be back <laughs> to the pits. And I think, I personally think Dan Gilbert's going to sell the team. It's just my hunch. 
I think he's going to get to the All Star game. He's going to sell in what I think Cleveland gets the All Star game in twenty twenty. I think. I think after that you're going to see him announce that he's selling. He's going to run for president or do something else. He's got <laughs> he's got other he's got other fish to fry. Uh, he's never struck me as a forever owner, but. Um, Okay, so let, let's talk season outlook here then. So, LP, you've got Cleveland second. Or sorry, you've got Cleveland still, uh, yeah, second behind the Wizards, right, LP? Are we talking uh, regular season standings? Yeah. And the end of regular season, I would go Cleveland at two. Okay, and then Boston three, somewhere somewhere after them, three, four, five? Yeah. And Wizards uh, at the top, I, right? So Wizards at the top, Cleveland and Boston pretty much th- somewhere tied two and three. So, Monica... DC resident Monica, do you agree that the Wizards can can win the East? I think that they'll be one and two. Cleveland one, Wizards two. I think Boston giving up Jay Crowder has really helped us and has really hurt them. Um, that not not to say though. I mean, Brad Stevens is a great coach, and I think Hayward and Kyrie together are actually going to be a pretty good unit but they're just not going to have a deep bench so because of that i don't think they can get very too far ahead of ahead of the wizards but i think Cavs still have lebron lebron still trumps everything but he's gone he's not gone yet and he may who knows i mean maybe we'll we've still got people to trade i think that the Cavs are gonna maybe get rid of Jenning fry Maybe Shumpert, although I love Shumpert and I don't want Why? to see him out. Oh, my God. Okay. Shumpert hustled during the finals last year. I mean, he really came in and gave us energy. I know he's not solid all the time and he has his problems, but when we needed him, he was there. How did, how did that work out for Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> Believe well, right? The land, the flats. We are, don't need to talk. What we're, a we're not dump of a city. We're gonna keep moving forward here. So can we can we pivot and talk about uh, talk about the the Cleveland Browns and the outlook for that wonderful team also? <laughs> I think LP is, starting. I think you're starting a quarterback for them, right? <laughs> when is Cleveland gonna learn? You can't put a 20 year old quarterback in to get crushed behind the offensive line and to have no weapons. Cleveland's got to be one of the worst cities, right? Oh, it's a dump. Have you ever been there? It's a complete. It's a. It's a. I mean, it's a burning dumpster. It's a complete. Just. I mean, it's just that horrible. It's horrible. Keep me away from Ohio. Cleveland's a wonderful city. Really? I can't. I'm not going to comment about the Browns because they're just struggling. But other than the Browns, we're doing pretty good. Cleveland is a garbage city in a garbage good. state. You, you know how you know it's a bad state because everyone leaves. No one stays there. That's how you know it's a bad state. It's is like, this how you treat your guests? Well, I mean, from time to time, I got. I, I'm sorry, we got just the out of town ones. At yeah, least. <laughs> just, just just the people that live in our city for eight years and still claim, uh, you know, uh, you know, fandom to to some other team. Although, truth be told, if I moved somewhere else, I'd still be cheering for our Bobo teams too. So, um, what's the worst state, Pennsylvania or Ohio? Pennsylvania, of course. I think you're sleeping on New Jersey. New Jersey's a really bad one too. New Jersey's pretty bad. I think Detroit's yeah. pretty bad. Uh. Well, yeah, I would maybe, agree. Maybe. Maybe. So, Monica from Cleveland has the Wizards winning the Eastern Conference, LeBron leaving <laughs> at the end of the season, and but no one's panicking in Cleveland as of yet. Did I pretty much sum it all up? I'm currently emotionally panicking, but I'm not panicking 
in terms of our standings. No, the Wizards are not going to win the East, but I do think you guys are going to have a pretty good season. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. LP, anything you want to, uh, to say on our way out here? I, I, I love that the Wizards are all together. I mean, I know it's L.A., so it's a fun place to go, but I just love that 15 of them are practicing together. So I'm a believer. Hey, I'm with you, my man. I'm with you. I think, I think the Wizards got, got better by default. I love the move uh, to basically bring Porter back now in hindsight. And I think it's going to be, again, I don't know why Steve sleeps on the NBA. It's the best offseason. It's just the best, period. I, I love this league. I love the craziness that comes with it. But in any case, to uh, Monica, thanks for coming on. LP, thanks for making time, my man. Um, it's been a good one. We'll, uh, I think we're reconvening in a couple days to talk. Uh, or I think you and FP are talking uh, Skins uh, preview, right? Is that coming up today, tomorrow? That's right. Cincinnati preview coming right up. Awesome, awesome. That's a pretty big game. I mean, I oh yeah, the skins, the skins, on, get, on, on, skins better get right a lot. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That offensive line better get right quick. Uh, I'm with you, uh, dude. And I want to see Samaje get some uh, reps with the first team personally. I think he's my. Uh, I'm targeting him in like sixth, seventh round in a lot of drafts, and people say I'm crazy, but I don't think so. I think he's gonna get a lot of touches. But in any case, that's for another show. Um, Monica, thanks again. LP, thanks. Have a good one. My name is Joe. This has been DTC, proud member of. Heroes Media Group, we are out.